Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast with David Savage and Jack Pierce, publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. This is the show packed full of interviews and debate with technology leaders for the love of tech. On today's podcast, we are talking to Namish Gohill. He's the CEO of Satchel. But before that, hiya, Jack. Hello, Dave. This is odd. We're recording Monday's interview on Thursday. Yeah, man. We're so prepared. Well, I, I was going to say that this is a little early than we normally would do it, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah, well, it's just because I'm at home tomorrow and we didn't want to do we didn't want to do two recordings in a row where we're not in the same room, did no, we? Yeah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, we're in the midst of awards season. Last night, I turned the Brits oh, on, why? expecting it to be awful. Yeah? It was all right. Georgia Smith won an award, which was good. She's brilliant. Um, but then those annoying idiots from 1975. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know much about the 1975, mm. but according to the critics, they're like the best thing ever. They're not. Uh, I assume that you would be disappointed that Arctic Monkeys didn't pick up an award, but at the same time, the Arctic Monkeys probably don't care. They've won They've won their fair share of Brit awards already, the, my boys from Sheffield. They, they probably weren't even there last night, to be honest. I'm sure The cameras didn't pick them up. Yeah, I mean... They've got bigger fish to fry. But then they lost out on the Emmy to, to Beck as well, or Grammy to Beck. So, hey, they get all the awards from me. What I do quite like is that Jack Whitehall understands that it's fun, but they're also not exactly the Grammys. Yeah. Uh, so they there was, I can't remember who he was introducing. Might be Nile Rogers. I, that might be wrong. But they were basically saying, you know, and if he takes home a Brit, he'll use it as the doorstop to his Grammy uh, trophy room. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, one thing I did find surprising, um, and well, I didn't watch it, but um, when um, the news was on yesterday, they were interviewing Hugh Jackman, who obviously opened the show with the great Very show. Very well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is a proper entertainer. Yeah, he's. I mean, I love Hugh Jackman, but that was the biggest selling album of 2018. Yeah, the greatest yeah, yeah. showman soundtrack. Yeah, craziness. Did you know? Um, so Haley first saw uh, Hugh Jackman in a video that's been leaked online uh, of him as a youngster in Oklahoma playing the role of Curly. The guy can sing. The yeah. guy can dance. He does ballet. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows he was in Les Mis, but. Uh, everyone knows he's also Wolverine. Yes, but like I often kind of get a little bit hoity about the fact that there's no Gene Kellys around. And okay. Proper yeah. all-round movie stars. Actually, Hugh Jackman kind of fits that mould. He does. He, he, he can sing, dance, act. I mean, I don't know if he's won an Oscar, but like The Prestige, for example, just shows how good at acting he is. Great Showman shows just how talented he is, and so does Le Mis. But the best film of his is always going to be Logan for me. The, the rated R old man Wolverine film where Patrick Stewart's like... His Charles Xavier's got like a bit of dementia and his brain. It's so good. It's such a good film. I haven't seen it. No, you'd love it. And it is something that I'd like to see. Yeah. Thinking of music and films very quickly, uh, Oscars Sunday Night. Yes. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's up for Best Picture along with Mm. some of its music. Black Klansman needs to win. Yeah, Yeah. I thought you'd be the favourite, but... Yeah, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody's... I mean, I haven't seen it. It surprised me just how well it's gone down. I haven't seen it because I read the reviews that basically said it was homophobic and rubbish. Um, like so many reviews that were, said, said it was rubbish but I read this this morning so did the critics get it horribly wrong uh, no like the song it's basically terrible but bombastically and in an entertaining way and that kind of makes me want to watch it there you go I mean look I'm sure it would be an amazing watch I just don't know if you know that does as, 
enough for society or anything like Black Klansman did. Like for me, Black Klansman's not only a good film, it's also eye-opening to just how stupid racism is. Then again, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I don't know if they do the same with homophobia in the 70s and 80s. Apparently not, but there we go. You know what else is good for society? Cool. Teaching. Yeah, yeah, school, homework. <laughs> I bloody hated homework when I was... Well, you said, in, it, you said in the interview, and I did exactly the same thing, 15 minutes before your class outside, or I just do mine on the bus journey in. It would be the, oh shit, did we have homework? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I did, I did once actually use the excuse, my dog ate my homework, no. which was a lie because she actually sat on it. Yeah, and I couldn't say my dog sat on my homework and there was some kind of horrible stain on there, you know. So that didn't go down too well. No, I, I was a nightmare for getting homework done, and my mum was rather uh, a teacher, um, so she probably had a huge amount of hair pulling at home, kind of going, "Why won't my son do his bloody homework?" Exactly. But yeah, look, Namish has come up with um, with a solution, and I think this is a really interesting interview and, and fascinating backstory, actually. So. We'll hand it over to Namish to tell us about uh, Satchel and Show My Homework, and then we will uh, return with a few comments and then a couple of articles. So today we're talking to Namish uh, from Satchel. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, you are CEO of this business. It's been, how long has Satchel been around for now? So I founded the business in 2011. Yeah, so seven years. Seven, seven years, eight, yeah. I'm losing track of time. Eight years? Yeah. Yes, this year. So. Why? Always an interesting question. Why would someone go and found a business? <laughs> well, um, my my background stemmed in education. Yeah. So um, I was kind of fortunate enough to become uh, an assistant head teacher at like 27 or 28. And um, that's when I kind of saw the first hand uh, the problems of um, technology within schools. Mm. Um, uh, and as my, re- as, as my remit and as a member of the senior leadership team, it was my job to kind of solve this problem with this learning platform that we were meant to be using across the school that I was working at. Right. And it, unfortunately, it was one of these uh, uh, cases where the product was like so complicated to use. I mean, I'm a geek, and I, you know, and I'm quite tech savvy, and I found it hard to use. Right. But how could I expect fifty teachers um, within the school to kind of spend hours and hours trying to learn how to use this after school it just yeah. wasn't going to happen and so that kind of gave me the inspiration to kind of um, start um, start the company and, and create our first product which is quite popular in the UK called Show My Homework mm-hmm. and um, in a, I guess in a nutshell um, Show My Homework is really a tool that makes it easy for teachers to set homework activities that students can complete on any device which means that um, students can see all their homework in one place, parents don't have to rely on their kids to be a messenger, and for the first time, um, schools can actually um, have visibility on actually what's going on with homework um, um, after school. And I think homework is kind of an old age problem. Like mm. It hasn't changed for over 100 years. It's something that someone has always got, whether it's parents or students or, or the, the staff, um, it's very topical yeah and um, you know if I think about it regardless of like if we think well homework is very much part of the fabric of a school and so um, it happens every single day there's a conversation whether it's with mum or with its dad 
where you know the conversation goes like this you know son or daughter have you got your homework today and often um, the feedback that you get is not necessarily um, the, the, the right answer um, and so um, we, we've kind of created this tool that solves all of these problems um, if that makes sense yeah you've you've stopped me doing or a younger version of me doing what I would have done where I would have done my homework 15 minutes before a lesson I guess because <laughs> you have the transparency when a, when a kid's actually done their homework yeah totally and we, <laughs> we can actually well another problem I had was like I'd set homework and I'd set it on a Monday and then I, I won't see the class until the following Monday yeah and then I've got 30 kids outside of the outside of my classroom ready to come in and yet I, I'm in the dock. I have no idea whether any of the students have even um, looked at the homework, whether yeah. they've downloaded any of the resources. So it's actually, I'm on the back foot. I want to be helpful, but at that moment in time, you know, I, I can't. And so I end up finding out about um, things like, you know, whether some of the students got stuck, whether they thought the deadline was the following week, yeah. and all, yeah. all these other kind of excuses that come to the surface. But by then, it's very difficult to kind of do something about it because it's, well, the lesson's already started and like, I have to be thinking about what am I, you know, uh, the lesson ahead and the next lesson. Yeah. And um, that was one of my bear bugs. I felt like there had to be a, a, a better way to do this. I suppose you're probably wasting about, I don't know, 20% of the lesson just kind of catching everyone up and making sure you're, you've got everyone at the same level initially. Yeah, totally, uh, totally. Actually, to ask any teacher, and they also spend a lot of time not only um, setting the homework, but actually collecting the homework yeah. and chasing who's done it, who hasn't done it. Um, it, it, it it's just a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big problem. Am I right in thinking though that teaching wasn't your first career? No, so I, I, I fell into teaching because many moons ago, um, here in the, in the UK, the government had a big drive on teaching kids how to use tools like, I'm not sure if you remember, but like um, um, Fireworks, Flash, mm. um, and uh, Dreamweaver. These were all like kind of digital tools to help kids create like websites uh, and different types of animations. And I, I, I actually fell into teaching uh, because prior, uh, by doing some voluntary work, prior to that, I, I was a software engineer working in Lisbon where I was working for this uh, subsidiary of Vodafone uh, out in Lisbon. So once I graduated and um, when I graduated doing computer science, um, as part of my placement year, I, I worked for this company. So then when I graduated, they asked me to come back and I ultimately ended up being in Lisbon for like um, 18 months. It's not a bad place um, to be, you I know, have to say. Lisbon, <laughs> Lisbon is, a, is a wonderful city for like uh, many, many reasons. Yeah, yeah. But um, the challenge I had was um, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. And so right, yeah, um, okay. given I don't eat seafood, um, it was very difficult. I ended up eating like sandwiches and pasta in the Marriott Hotel for about 14 months uh, nonstop. So at some point I kind of, I, I kind of, you know, said, I'm going to, I want to do something else. Mm. Came back to London and uh, that's when I started to kind of en ended up doing some voluntary work in a school. And I hadn't been inside a school since I left school. Yeah. So my last memory uh, of school wasn't actually a great one. I remember vividly, uh, you know, on GCSE results day, opening up my results and I got all lower letters of the alphabet. And so uh, I wasn't a bad kid. I just 
you know, like any young boy probably, I just wanted to be a, a professional footballer. Mm. Uh, but that, that didn't quite pan out. And um, that was really my last kind of memory of, of, of school. And then thinking about going home, telling my parents, uh, like, you know, how badly I did. Um, that, that, that wasn't fun. Uh, but that that was also like a wake up call, uh, because that that kind of gave me the motivation to say, you know what, I actually need to do something with myself. And so when I went to college, or as you do, you normally get your results, and then you have to go to college to like enroll on a course. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I went to the I went to the went to the local college, and they said, uh, you know, son, you you don't have the grades to do A levels because everyone wanted to do A levels. You know, um, because I didn't have um, five A star, five A A star to C's, and I'd failed. Uh, I didn't have maths and English. Um, in fact, I didn't have maths or English. Um, yeah, because I got I had a C in English literature, but you needed a C in English language. Right. Uh, and I got a D in English language, and I got a D in maths. So when I was in college, I had to reset my maths and English. But anyway. Whilst I was, that day when I was at college, uh, they said, well, you can't do A-level, so, um, you know, what else, what would you like? I said, well, computers, I don't, you know, I said, like, I like playing games, I like computers, and they said, well, have you thought about doing GNVQ IT? And I had no idea what that was, I said, but I said, can I sign up for that? They said, yes, you can, I said, great. So I signed up for it, and um, that was basically, um, I, I didn't want to go home that day and not have... A course to be enrolled on yeah uh, and so that was kind of my journey into kind of the IT technology world um, yeah and I remember I still remember that was the time when um, I did you know we didn't have um, you had floppy disks and so when I was at when I was at college we would uh, with with one of my friends who actually works with us now who's our head of uh, design we'd go to college and we download music because broadband was really expensive at home. And so we'd, we'd utilize the, the college um, uh, broadband and download music. And then because there was no USB sticks, you, you had floppy disks. Yeah, yeah. And so we'd split the, each song into like five different um, sections. Um, uh, put put, put each, of the, each of the sections on five floppy disks, come back home uh, and, and, um, and build it back together uh, onto onto our local PC, uh, which was crazy when you when now when you think about it, we have you know Spotify, yeah, you don't need to download, you press play, <laughs> but um, that brings back memories. So look, yeah. I mean, you obviously fell into technology, but ended up loving it. Yeah, came back to teaching. Obviously, you you've been able to marry those two experiences together here. It's all very well though having having a vision about what you want to do. Getting a product out to market is challenging. So how did what what learnings have you got from those early days that you think you'd pass on to other entrepreneurs and founders now about getting a product to market, building that customer base, and then growing? Uh, because what you've, you're in how many schools now? Uh, we're in over thirty percent of all secondary schools in the UK. So fantastic success story. So what, what learnings have you got from that experience? I guess the, the, the first thing, I'll, whenever, like, my view is that you have to solve a problem. You know, like, I know it sounds cliche or like obvious, but you, you have to really solve a problem. And for me, when I, when I started to create Show My Homework, 
it wasn't really with a mindset I wanted to create a business. This was on my performance management. I was in charge of like technology and homework within school. And I had this big chunky learning platform that no one knew how to use. So like I had to solve this problem because I'd get cornered by parents, whether it's a parents evening, telephone calls, kids not doing homework. So kind of, I really started to zone in and, and, and zooming to this problem that I was kind of really passionate about solving. And so that's kind of the first piece of advice I always, I always kind of think about. You've got to solve a problem. You have to really believe in like the, your vision of like solving this problem and it's going to make a, a difference. Don't do something because it, it seems like a, a, a good idea. You could have something really whizzy with lots of bells and whistles on it, but if it's really not solving a problem, um, then it, at some point it's going to be very, very difficult when you come to that point in time when you have to actually do a transaction. When you have to ask someone to say, will you actually pay for this? Whether it's 5p or 500 pounds or whatever it is, um, if you're not actually solving a problem, then it makes it very, very hard to kind of get over that hurdle where someone's going to pass you some money yeah. uh, for, that, for, 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 for that solution. So I always think about that, solving a problem without sounding like a, a broken record. And then the second thing I, is like, we, you kind of briefly touched on this, but like I'm a big believer of like passion. Mm. Um, I think because passion for me is what gets me up during the really, really dark days. And if it's just you're doing something because you think you see an opportunity in the market and you're intrinsic and, and you're kind of like seeing there's a as a financial opportunity, um, very rarely, um, very rarely. Uh, you will get what I call that hockey stick or everything will just, it will just happen, right? That is like the, the, the exception. The reality is like uh, building a business um, takes a long, long time to create shareholder value and to really um, make a meaningful, mean, meaning, meaningful impact. And that means that journey is, is never kind of, you know, um, across to the right and up. It's often um, highs and lows. And it's during those lows where if you, you, you when, when, you know, everything, you're, 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 you're facing a brick wall, everything's going wrong, what's going to, what's going to help you to get through that is, is passion. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that, where if it's just money, like, you know, I could go and get a job anywhere and earn very good money, you know? And, and, and that can't be the intrinsic motivator for you to kind of get up in the morning. So I can see that you've got that passion. Obviously, we, we, we've mentioned yeah. that. Um, you've now got 70 people here, though. Yeah. How do, you, how do you get them to buy into that culture? Because some of these people might not be ex-teachers, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, totally. So I think a lot of this is about the mission. A lot of it is... Um, the culture that we create within the within the within the within the business, we've got. You know, I'm very very proud of the, the team that we have within the business. And like, what the way I kind of sum up our team is, no one in our company today has historically hit a home run yet, but they've got unbelievable company spirit and attitude to kind of, and even a chip on their shoulder to some degree where they want to prove people wrong. Right. They want to kind of. Um, change their life 
Uh, we've got people who've got like no degree. We've got uh, haven't been to, haven't been to university, uh, but they've got the the right attitude, um, and and kind of they believe in what we're doing. And I mean, my style of leadership is very much about kind of leading by example. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. It's different in different organisations, um, but that when people can see that like everyone like in that room outside where it's an open plan office there's nowhere to hide you know everyone is naked in a bigger organization you can kind of um you, you can kind of hide um you, you, there might be you know you're doing a role but there's no real accountability in our business everyone has to contribute everyone no, uh, has a has a place in the jigsaw puzzle where they're the contributing and making a meaningful difference to kind of us realizing our, our mission of you know uh, how do we become synonymous with education like when you think of search you think of google you think of um, online movies you think of netflix you think of shopping you think of amazon you know our vision is very much to be how do how can we become synonymous with education um so that's what we're kind of really um, excited about and in order to do that well we want our job is to serve the school leaders and the the, 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 the the decision makers that run schools because if we can help them and provide solutions that that, um, that can help them run schools better then that is naturally going to cascade down onto students teachers and parents so obviously you've built this fantastic product show my homework that's been successful but if you're going to become synonymous with education I suppose you have to add more strings to your bow to be able to do that. Have you got anything in the in the works that you you see taking Satchel forward? Yeah, yeah, great question. And I think again, um, for any kind of uh, entrepreneur out there building a SaaS business, once you start to get um, a large number of customers, you'll naturally have to expand the product portfolio to serve more problems. Uh, to, sorry, to 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 serve. Um, uh, solutions to pr- problems your 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 customers are facing. So for us, we serve that leadership table, and naturally, um, there's few things that we've gone we've expanded outside of homework to help solve school-wide problems. Mm-hmm. So we have a solution for behaviour management. We have another solution where we um, uh, uh, help with um, timetables. We have another we have another solution where we've uh, really started to um, help teachers create differentiated uh, learning environments where you can create like seating plans so like you know does Dave sit better at the front or at the back does Dave sit better with Namish or with Greg so we've got a whole number of different tools that we've we've started to expand and, and, and create that's um, helping um, school leaders uh, save time and actually have uh, better tools at their dis- at, at their kind of fingertips um, which is making a big difference amazing look thank you for spending some time to chat to us today uh, overlooking Stratford oh, it's, it's a shame that you got you got quite a good view here but it's rather overcast day yes <laughs> but thank you for your time and uh, yeah fingers crossed for the year ahead thanks very much yeah thank you okay so on this show we've interviewed a hell of a lot of founders mm-hmm who have stumbled into tech, maybe they've trained to be doctors or scientists, but they've gone to Oxford or Cambridge, they've had great education, they've had maybe not not the most traditional route into technology, but 
they've had a lot of opportunity generally. Mm -hmm. What I really love is that actually Namish's backstory is a bit of a car crash in some regards. Very much so. Um, I want to take this opportunity to tell you, Dave, that I also have a GMVQ level two in IT. Do you? Yeah, did mine at school. How have you not managed to grow a business that's in 30% of secondary schools then, Jack? I'm fuming <laughs> myself that I didn't continue. Because basically, the way the GMVQ was sold to me at school was like, it's worth four GCSEs, right? So instead of doing, I think it was either history, RE, or geography, we could do MBQ. Um, it was eight hours a week of IT, which was just brilliant at that age. Um, rock up, first day of college, yeah, I've got, my, I've got my GCSEs, but I've also got four extra GCSEs here because of GMVQ. Sixth Form College went, yeah, if you'd have gone to do IT at the Institute, not at the Sixth Form Education College, you know, sort of like a polytechnic versus a real university sort of thing. Yeah. So I, that was a waste of time for me. I learned a lot. Um, I could still probably build a tower computer, you know. And look, how many, how many people would be able to relate to this? You know, I just wanted to be a professional footballer. And, <laughs> and then going in to, to sign up for courses and, 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 you know, son, you don't have the grades to do A-levels. No maths or, or English. He kind of makes the distinction rather between literature and language, but he had a, a D in maths and a D in English. So he had to resit. And, you know, mm. what do you like? Well, I like computers, so GMVQ and IT. Mm. And I love that there was that... I didn't want to go home that day and not have a course. Yeah, I mean, that's that's very adult thinking for someone who whose grades weren't great, who had no real idea on what they wanted to do, but he knew he couldn't go home with, with nothing in his back pocket to show. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's another classic story, really, isn't it? You know, it's just sort of stumbled into tech, stumbled into teaching... Amazing co amazing founder. I am not taking anything away from the, the from the many, many, many wonderful founders that we have had on this podcast. Yeah. But there will be more people out there who could relate to this story. And I love the fact that um, I hope that it gives a, a kid who maybe doesn't have the best skills mm. the the uh, aspiration and hope that if they reach the age of 16 and they don't tick all the boxes that society tells you you need to tick, that you can't be wildly successful because here's a guy who's CEO of his own business employing 70 people in 30% of schools in the UK who to all intents and purposes education probably would have written off as likely to be a failure at yeah. that age. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I mean, I'll tell you what, Nama sh showed his uh, innovation or his, his savviness to solve problems with his story about illegally downloading music onto five floppy disks. <laughs> I mean, I, I can, uh, 26 years old, I can remember floppy disks still. Like, that was still very much part of, you know, it was more like I'd steal a game off of a friend over 12 floppy disks and do the same sort of thing. It just really, really reminded me of being a kid again, that did, you know. Just one song on five floppy disks is brilliant. But then, look, so he's, he then goes on to say, you have to solve a problem. Yeah, yeah. He already embodied that and probably didn't realise he embodied that at school and college. Yeah. He had this sort of problem-solving knack. And then, yeah, that was that's the most important thing to him when they're going to uh, founders. And he, he doesn't just say you've got to solve a problem. He says, don't do something because it seems like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times have we heard avoid low-hanging fruit and things like that? And this is off the same sort of hymn sheet almost, you know. You have to solve a problem and you have to have the passion. One thing, Dave, though, what's a hockey stick moment? He said, um, very oh. rarely you'll get a hockey stick where everything will just happen. A, a really kind of a steep curve. Oh, 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 okay. All right, yeah. So it's a really steep trajectory of growth. Oh, makes sense. Could have gone with a curling stick like the one they do in Ireland. 
Mind you, that curves right round, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, hockey stick's fine. I just, it's a term I'd never heard. Okay, good. Yeah. Bit of education for you, then. Every day's a school day. Watch me be wrong. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just sitting here like, I'm just Sure. Yeah, no, never mind. Uh, look, I... I I found it really, really inspiring. Mm, yeah. Because it shows that you can have a really random path. Yeah. By the way, I've got to say, talking of that path, mm. what a waste. He spent two years in Lisbon. He's Not eating meat. been vegan. Well, no, he just said vegetarian. Oh, sorry, vegetarian. But he doesn't eat fish. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God. You've been to Lisbon a few times now, right? Yeah. Food's amazing. Well, Lisbon as well, particularly Portugal rather, they really like grilled meat and fish. Oh. Um, oh, I mean, that's, yeah, and that's and chips. It's like going to it's like going to uh, the South Asian country and not liking curry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be impossible. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I, I love his story. I love, I love how he got to the point of uh, creating this company and the su- the success that he's had. Mm. Um, it's the kind of story that should be in schools now. Two kids aged 14, 15, 16 saying. You have got options. There are possibilities. Yeah. You might not be in the top set or yeah. getting the top marks, but that does not mean that you can't be wildly successful. I mean, also, Namish is going to realise that he's going to become the younger generation's biggest enemy. He is now ensuring that they have to do homework, that it's monitored. I mean, thank goodness we're not at school anymore, Dave, because we would have been we would have been fucked if this was at school, like never doing homework. But I imagine Nomish's face will be on many a dartboard of the youth of today. We won't say where he works. No. Well, you say in an interview he works in Stratford. Oh yeah, Dave. <laughs> okay. They probably don't listen to this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> right, um, I think we should take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna share a couple of articles. Farewell, but not goodbye. Do you know what that is? No. Bobby Robson's autobiography. All the Better, read by Bobby Robson. No way. Yeah. What a legend of the game he was. Exactly. It's a great book to read, but listening to Bobby Robson, talking you through his life, that's special. Exactly. My choice is uh, The Sisters Brothers, which is a film starring Jake Gyllenhaal and John C. Riley that has been released worldwide apart from in the UK. So, I'm going to listen to the audiobook. If anyone's wondering why we've suddenly started talking about books, it's because if you head over to audible.co.uk forward slash tech talks, you can get a free month's trial there, courtesy of your favourite technology podcast. Get listening. Uh, okay, I'm not entirely sure whose who's turn it is. Is it you're pointing at yourself? Okay, fine. Yes. Um, now, this is actually dubbed as a one minute read. So, if you'll just do me the pleasure of... Ooh, Jack and Ori. Yeah, so this was um, from FastCompany.com and it is the story... Um, and, sorry, and it's by Kale Guthrie Wiseman um, and it is about Nest has a secret microphone Google just forgot to tell us. So Nest is the new security Google pod thing. Anyway, uh, some surprises are fun, like when a friend gives you an unexpected gift. Others, not so much. They can even be frightening sometimes. We have a good example of the latter kind of surprise thanks to Google's most recent Nest integration. The company announced that Nest, its home security system, was getting an update that would include the virtual Google Assistant. There's one glaring issue, however. Nest never disclosed that it had a microphone which would be necessary for such an integration. Um, Google actually said, oh, don't worry, we're never going to use the microphone to record anything. 
but we apologise for it's there. We apologise it's there, but they still didn't tell you that there was a microphone in it. Now, how much are we going to actually trust Google that they're not listening to us? How much can we trust Google after you know the Google Plus fiasco the last year? And and and, and Kale Guffrey Wiseman goes on to say this is another perfect example of tech companies overstepping boundaries when it comes to user privacy and then expecting people to simply accept an apology. That's not good enough, is it? They could be recording everything. They've said they're not, but do we trust them? It's not what it's not is is responsible, is it? No. Um, and it does just set this precedent that as a big tech organisation, you can get away with it. Mm. And they probably can get away with it. Because yeah. I imagine the vast majority of the population will never be any the wiser and or don't care. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you would just be like, okay, fine, it's got a microphone, whatever. Our phones have microphones that listen to us all the time. It's not right. But it, we are very much used to it and desensitised to it all these days. So I just, But I just think like Google's in a funny position at the moment where it's like Facebook, it's losing trust and... You'd think they'd want to be upfront about this kind of stuff, at least for the next couple of years. I suppose it's kind of like, you know, all of our focus and attention, like we were saying on the pod last week, is on social media. Mm. And there's a lot going on, actually, that we should probably cast a spotlight on too and, and raise people's awareness and education levels so that they can readdress the balance between how much access to your data these companies have. Yeah, and do they need it? Do they need to be listening to us all the time? Imagine if that's your job. You get assigned Jack Pierce's Google Nest. You've got to listen to me chatting absolute rubbish 24-7. I don't think there's someone sitting there listening to it. I reckon there will be. Really? One person. We've got, we've got a matrix of AI robots just listening to us all the time, Dave. Don't be so naive. <laughs> I love the idea that there's one person out there. One person who, for everyone. Who, who is a Jack Pierce expert. Exactly. Or it could be like her, the Spike Jones film. It's a Spike Lee film. Spike, Spike Jones, isn't it? It's either Spike Jones or Spike Lee. Well, okay. It's starring Spike, Spike's film. Spike's film. It's a Spike film. And, and obviously uh, his OS system in that that he falls in love with is actually an OS system to thousands of people. Yes. So it could be like And that. he doesn't realise until... Oh, it's so, no, it's so... I mean, we were on a massive spoiler hype last week. If you haven't seen her, spoiler alert, she runs off with all the other robots to create some kind of massive new sentient thing it's such a good film it, oh I cried so much he falls in love with his OS and she leaves him Ex Machina by the way if you haven't seen it go watch oh. that too whilst we're on the, th- whilst we're on the topic of, of good uh, tech films there we go that also it's has it's week after all as I said <laughs> it also has the best dance scene in any film Tis Saturday night that one isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. no one can see Jack dancing it's probably for the best yeah, definitely. anyway next article <laughs> Uh, here are the five hottest tech startups in the UK. Yo, cool. Right, this is, uh, well, according to um, the next web. Cool. Okay, so in recent months, when you've heard about the UK, there's a 99% chance it was about Brexit and a 1% chance it was about Theresa May's painfully awkward dance moves. Funnily enough, in the lift on the way up to the office um, about an hour ago, mm. I, I was in shock because the news was on and it wasn't Brexit, the independent group or the ISIS bride. What was it? I've no idea, but oh, it was quite refreshing something. that it was something else. Just tell, oh, we've got the weather on behind us at the moment. Yeah. That doesn't count. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. a British pastime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so it's probably, it's, 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 it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, this goes on to paint an interesting picture. So it talks about the fact that post the referendum result, there was 1.4 billion um, invested into uh, the UK from VC investments up a quarter on 2018 okay mm-hmm. um, 
and that London and startups are playing a very influential role in shaping Britain's future. Now, that second part is not a surprise, but the, the first part is that um, despite the Brexit result, all of the startups that we tend to see in this country have not just upped and fled. Yeah. There is still investment. Yeah. And it is still being seen as a, as a great place to start a tech business, which is really positive. Yeah. Well, look, we've, we know two VCs <coughs> that we like, Mustard Seed and Zine. Yeah. So hopefully they've not been deterred either. So they wanted to uh, basically highlight the organisations in the UK that are, are putting us on the map and keeping us relevant, okay. even if we are about to drive off the cliff edge. Now we can see how relevant we are as a podcast if any of our guests feature in this top five day. Well, the number one is Revolut. Get in! <laughs> Uh, so just one of the you know one of the first challenger banks been a hit since the beginning just three years uh, they've managed to raise a total of 336.4 million dollars you know what that, that says to me go on come on this podcast you'll be successful exactly, exactly. and they were on about nearly a year ago now as well so mm-hmm. you know it wasn't for us um, then we've got uh, Bulb so we, we know about Bulb because their CEO was talking at Dot Everyone's conference a few weeks ago nice um if you ever feel bad putting all the lights on at night and never turning off your Christmas tree, Bulb is here to make you feel a bit better. The startup is making energy simpler, greener, and cheaper. Win-win. All the good things. Technology um, solution there for energy. Then it's Truva, a leading online marketplace for best independent bricks and mortar shops. Cool. Okay. Perkbox. Wait, well, I've met Perkbox. There we go. I knew, I knew you'd have a, a nice moment there. What's, yeah. per, what's Perkbox all about? Perkbox is, it's not just uh, like food related perks. It's kind of like discounts and stuff like that for startups. So it's got a really worrying st- statistic here mm. uh, in the article. Uh, more than half of the UK's workforce is disengaged. This model of absenteeism, employee turnover and restraining is costing the British economy th- £340 billion a year. I mean, sure. So Perkbox trying to tackle that. Right. And then the last one is TransferGo. Oh, well, I don't think we've had them on, have we? No, well, I did wonder, and I, I should have done my research here. TransferWise haven't rebranded TransferGo, have they? If they have done, no one told me. Sending money abroad. If you told me this two years ago, I would have rolled my eyes and said, never, it's such a hassle. But now you can simply say, it must be TransferWise rebranded. It's got to be. It's got no, but it's five best startups. They can't get away with rebranding and then going down to a startup. No, no, but it's it's talking about unless it's a subsidiary. We need to check that. Listeners, tell us. <laughs> TransferWise, same company. We're a bit confused there. Anyway, those are the organisations that the next web have listed, proving that Britain is still relevant um, in but- this worrying moment. Not just proving that Britain is still relevant, proving that our podcast is very relevant. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, what else have you got planned for this week, Jack? You won't know because it's Thursday. <laughs> what am I doing this weekend? Is Rosie's back home this weekend. She's watching The Mousetrap at Colchester Arts Centre, which is the longest running this West is, End This show. is Monday, so I was kind of wondering what you're doing this week. Oh, so, oh wow. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he's got we've got a North London derby on Saturday, if I'm looking that far ahead, which is always... Squeaky bum time for me. We obviously don't know what we're doing, so um, you have a lovely week and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you.